blessed feast of the elevation of the cross to you all. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. The cross is the emblem of our faith, and this day is held as a great feast of our church because everything culminates in the cross of our Lord. This is why it is the emblem of our faith. This is why we make the sign all the time, why we wear the cross around our neck and we call upon its might. Because all things that it means to be a Christian are found in the cross. All of the providence of our Lord, the care for his people, is found in the cross. In this feast, we hear Old Testament prophecies and how they are fulfilled in this reading from the Gospel of John. We hear and have heard through this season and throughout the week, if we've been diligent, the various times that our Lord has told his disciples in his ministry this is where I am going, to the cross. And it's for your sake. The whole trajectory of human effort is lifted up and sanctified upon the cross. In this account that we've heard in the Gospel of John, we see uh, the vacillation, the going back and forth of Herod in his indecisiveness and desire to appease the riotous crowd not knowing what to do, trying to appease them, torturing our Lord to get some sort of confession, but not being successful, and in the end, simply washing his hands of it. We have the chief priests even outright rejecting the kingship of their God in favor of Caesar. We see here John presenting to us how the entire world is unstable, but yet our Lord and his effort and in his ministry was going toward this moment at the whole time. From the very beginning of creation, we could say he was destined to hang upon a tree as a curse for our sake. This is the providence of our Lord. It is unyielding and unwavering, unlike our very selves. We can be indecisive, attempting to appease the world within us. We can sometimes reject God's authority in our life, like the chief priests did. But the cross, as we read in the epistle, turns the world on its head. The wisdom of the Greeks becomes folly, and it is also a sign for the people of God. If we want to have a blessing, examples of how the cross turns everything on its head against all the ways the world thinks things should work, the cross that we venerate this day and that we have elevated and are worshiping and bowing down before turns everything on its head. If we desire a blessing, we must be humble. If we want glory, we need to humble ourselves. If we want to receive the Lord, we don't open up our arms wide. What do we do? We bow down and we worship. An instrument of torture. And ultimately, the cross is the the crux, if you will, it is the intersection of theology itself, from earth to heaven and our Lord's arms embracing the world upon it. All of theology we can find upon the cross. If we want to be embraced by our Lord, we must trust the King who hangs upon this tree. In all the areas of our life, from the least things 
the greatest things. And most especially in this time, in our own sufferings, that God will take them just as he went to this suffering purposefully on the cross and sanctified every aspect. We need to trust him in those areas of our life. For it is not a lie that Pilate wrote the inscription above the cross, the king of the Jews, in three languages. In Hebrew, and in Greek, and in Latin. Because it is that statement, that he is the king of the Jews, but also in all these languages, that it shows forth that he is the king of all. And in all areas of human existence, he is the king. Blessed Theophilac sums it up this way, and I want to share this with you because it is very, very powerful. The fact that that inscription was written in three languages, Theophilac says, also has a spiritual meaning, testifying that the Lord is sovereign over moral, natural, and divine philosophies. The Latin letters symbolized moral virtue, for Roman rule was based on courage and vigor, qualities that the Romans preeminently displayed in their conduct of war. Greek letters symbolize the natural world which the Greeks devoted with much study. The Hebrew letters denote theology itself, for the revelation of divine knowledge was entrusted to the Hebrew people. Glory to him who by the cross revealed that he wields such a universal dominion. He has conquered the world, strengthened us in our moral life, and bestowed on us understanding of nature, all by the cross. So doing, he leads us into the inner world behind the veil to the knowledge and contemplation of himself, which is true theology. We often think of theology as things that we know in our head, things that we believe and can say we can sign off on that. But theology here is in the person of Jesus Christ. It is in seeing him and embracing him that theology is there and him as the king in all domains, then we can say that we are actually approaching a theological understanding of our faith, of our lives, and of our Lord himself. When we do this, we can see that Christ is the one unmoving mover of the world, and it is the cross that stands at the center of everything, and everything else revolves around the cross. So today, as we celebrate this Feast of the Cross, think of it as the center of your entire life. And when that happens, then the doors of grace, the doors of seeing God, of knowing God, for this is what true theology is, will begin to be opened. And we can begin to follow him as he did throughout this passage. And I want to, just before ending, point out some of these things to take home and contemplate this evening and through the rest of the week, of how we can emulate him as he journeyed to the cross in just this little snippet that we've heard, somewhat longer passage, but it's just a snippet of our Lord's journey to the cross and what happened there. We can emulate him by being silent until a higher truth needs to be spoken, just as he did with Pilate and for the rest of his passion. He only says this one thing until he gets to Another point where he gives his mother, but we'll get to that. He would, you, when Christ says, you would have no power over me and let us be given to you from above. He is asserting God's authority and he speaks only then. And then what does he do? He goes through the whole passion 
And then there's this phrase in, that's only found in the Gospel of John in the Passion account, that he took up his own cross. That phrase is only found in what we've heard today. He took up his own cross and began to journey. We can take that and emulate him. And we can let the world give its own truths and embrace those, just as Pilate did, sort of in mockery of the Jews, but nonetheless it was true that he is the king of the Jews. And lastly, we can show the care for those that are in our charge, just as our Lord did for his mother, in turning to her and saying, woman, this is your son, and handing her over for the providential care of another. He took care of it all calmly, and by an unfathomable power, he turned everything on its head. An instrument of torture became the instrument of salvation, and even became a weapon invincible, as we have sung many times in here today. So today, as we celebrate the historical fact of the true finding of the cross by St. Helen, as we heard in the Matin service, but we can understand a deeper and more mystical meaning of this feast, is that each day we can bow down and worship the very cross that is our salvation. We can embrace the weapon invincible through all the aspects of our life. We can look to it as the center of the natural world and as a guide for its very principles of how the world works, even if it's a mystery. We can worship it, worship it as one with Christ our Lord and enter into the depths of theology by it. So may our Lord guide us to carry, bow down, and worship the cross every day and each moment to know God's providence and experience his salvation. Amen.